Welcome to the Profitable Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Reza Huda, practice owner, coach, and mentor to accounting firm owners. In this podcast, I share practical strategies to get new clients, charge higher prices, and build a profitable accounting firm that you're proud of. From time to time, I also interview other accountants doing incredible things so you can learn what's working and take tangible takeaways to implement. Make sure you press the follow button on your podcast player so you get notified when I release a new episode. Now, on to today's session. Hello, hello. Hope you're well. Have a good start to the day. And I've had a good week so far. So, what was my week like? Uh, this The first week of the month is always my busiest week in terms of work. In, uh, and that's mostly to do with my work for accountants, my coaching and mentoring stuff that I do within the pack. So Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month is my mastermind call with uh, fellow mastermind members, which is great because we had a, uh, quite a few new members join in January where everyone's hungry to uh, finally get some uh, direction and set their goals for the year and then uh, get an accountability partner and like me to help them towards uh, getting them to achieve their goals and making that happen so good to uh, introduce new members and also talk about the the challenges that uh, firm owners larger firms so these are typically firms between around 200k to over a million, a good spread in between, but these are mainly challenges around the the team, you know, the team and capacity and how to delegate and how to build processes and team structure and capacity and uh, motivation and all that kind of stuff that uh, you will face, that you might face at the moment if you are trying to scale your business, trying to build that team around you to uh, get to where you want to go and uh, reduce the number of hours that you're spending in the practice as well as the requirement on you as the practice owner to be still responsible for everything and how do you transition away from having the bulk of the client contact for having the bulk of the responsibility around dealing with clients and dealing with issues in the practice how do you then delegate that to the team and get them to be responsible and hold them accountable to everything that's required in terms of running the practice so you can reduce the amount of time that you're spending in the practice and spend more of it on the practice doing the stuff that you enjoy in terms of new client conversations building the team strategy and all that good fun stuff and maybe doing the consulting advisory work that you like to do so that was on tuesday wednesday was my deep dive mentoring session with members of the pack again welcomed in about 30 odd members in the last month so it was their first session and that went really well that was all to do with pricing it was all to do with how to build a pricing system to capture a share of all the value that you are delivering for clients so that was a good deep dive 90 minute session with members who went through the importance of a pricing system why do you need a pricing system and in fact today's uh, pod i thought would just be a summary of that but before I go on to that, I also had uh, pay reviews for my team this week. Always interesting. I normally do them at the start of the year. So uh, I did some pay reviews for my team and uh, everyone got pay rises, which they were happy with. Um, and just to give you a bit of insight in terms of how I do them, my well, uh, in in previous years, you know, it's been fairly easy to do, given that, uh, you know, my managers, they're, they're, they were kind of in place. They're not, uh, 
you know, they're, they're happy managing, they perhaps, uh, you know, weren't, weren't that involved in terms of growth of the practice and uh, winning new business and things like that. But I've had um, recent, uh, we had a, uh, one of my new client managers, well, new, he's been with us for a couple of years now, but he is now responsible for building the Capture brand and uh, I've put him at the forefront of developing it and he's now having sales calls and converting to clients and managing a decent-sized portfolio. So clearly, I had to recognize that in terms of the package that he is getting and he's young and hungry and, uh, uh, you know, obviously would would like to be paid more. So having a conversation with him and uh, looking at the stats and the main one I look at is what is the value of the client portfolio that you are managing and making sure that that is at least a minimum of uh, four times salary and uh, kind of basing the salaries on that. That's not hard and fast all, but four times salary, uh, a little bit more if it is also shared by other team members so where he is managing a team of uh, of juniors, you know, that collective salaries, that team or that unit, business unit, as it were, that pod, whatever you want to call it, should be generating a minimum of four, if not five times on the salaries that you are paying. So clearly, one on one side, the in terms of uh, how you get to those numbers, some of it's down to you, or most of it's down to you, because if you get your pricing and positioning right, then you're able to charge higher prices and therefore have higher value client portfolios. And then if your team are actually managing those portfolios and they're able to do the work A to Z and manage those client relationships, then they should also be able to benefit from some of that as well. But it's not a, you've got to make sure that those numbers work but in order for those numbers to work for you, you've got to make sure that your pricing and positioning is on point so that you are getting a paid a fair share and then you can make those multiples work. At the very least, if you're looking at salaries, it should be at least three times. That was the old standard. Three times minimum is what you would expect your managers to be able to manage in terms of a portfolio. And if they're not doing that, it's probably, you know, it's not potentially all their fault because it may be that your positioning and pricing is not on point in which case you need to look at that and make sure that you get that up in order for your managers to be able to sustain the numbers to make it worth your while uh, to hire them and to have them working in order to still generate a profit for you for owning and running the practice. So uh, I had to increase the fee, the uh, salary for him, which was done, and then obviously has a knock-on effect on everybody else. But that's fine, you know. I don't mind now doing that because they deserve uh, clearly to be paid um, well. And uh, I would recommend always pay market value. I don't believe in paying um, bonuses as such. I mean, I um, I pay him a uh, we call it a bonus commission, a sales commission, as it were, on converting sales to prospects to sales. But ordinarily, I don't pay uh, bonuses. I just prefer to pay everyone um, well, a market value at least, and maybe a little bit more in order for them to be kind of fully engaged and feel the worth. I don't think, you know, research has shown that bonuses don't really motivate people. So giving people more money is not going to motivate them to work harder so long as you are paying them at least the market rate for what they are doing. So I had uh, conversations with the team around that, well, many of my managers, uh, two or three managers, and sorted out the pay rises, and then uh, that had a, so that that took up some of my week, but mainly it was around the the mentoring session. So on to today's topic of uh, pricing compliance services. How do you set up a pricing system? Why would you want to set up a pricing system? Well, okay, let's talk about this for the next uh, 10, 15 minutes or so that we have together here today. The reason why you want a pricing system, there's quite a few reasons, but 
if this is you, if you currently come up with your pricing with a finger-in-air type approach, if you are the only one that can come up with prices in your firm, if you have to say to a prospect after you meet them that I'll get back to you with the price, if you have clients that have been paying you the same amount for years and you don't know what their fee should be, then all of these symptoms result in one main conclusion is that you need a pricing system because when you have a pricing system then you can get pricing out of your head it's no longer something that only you can come up with on the spot when you've looked at what their current accountant is paying and then make a judgment based upon that it you remove yourself as a pricing bottleneck because you take pricing out of your head and you put it into a system that you and your team then can follow and therefore they can have conversations with prospects and they can have conversations with clients when it comes to repricing them depend based upon their circumstances changing. It allows you, it reduces that overwhelm and a time for you because if you're spending time after a client meeting trying to figure out what to charge the client trying to figure out what to put in a proposal and what price to come up with that's wasted time for you because let's face it nobody reads proposals all they look at is the price so the worst thing you want to do is to say to a client that you'll send them a proposal after your prospect meeting you want to have that price conversation in person either over zoom or live in person with a prospect and you want to go through with them what after you've had the the value conversation with them and when it comes to the point of delivering giving your price kind of going through with them what you're going to do how much it's going to cost and doing that live with the prospect because no matter how bad you think you are at sales you are much better than an outlook email or a word document or pdf for that matter you are the one that is there to be able to answer any questions objections as they call it in the sales world from the prospect you are the only one that can stand there and communicate the value of your offering when there are questions around why is it so much you know what is this what is that by not being there then all you are is a number on a page and that number on a page will get compared to somebody else's number on a page that they have either gone to for a quote or their existing accountant and generally the cheapest one wins so you always want to be there live in person and the proposal that goes out should, only, should just confirm what has already been agreed in your meeting when it comes to price so that's fundamentally one of the reasons why you want to have a pricing system now whether that pricing system is software whether it's a uh, a spreadsheet that you're using live with a prospect whether it's a price list that you come up with that's fine these are all examples of systems that you can have but ultimately you need a system to know that when I have a prospect in front of me if they're a good fit then I can give them a price there and then based upon their circumstances based upon the scope based upon their particular circumstances what they want from us and what we're able to deliver because when you have that then you reduce that overwhelm. You reduce that reduce that time wasted in crafting proposals and thinking about what to price. You reduce yourself as a pricing bottleneck. You enable yourself and your team to be able to increase clients' prices at regular intervals. So when things change, you can increase it at least at least annually, if nothing else. And and the only way you can do that is by having a pricing system. So getting pricing out of your head and into a system that somebody else can follow. This was one of the last systems that I put in place in my practice that ultimately enabled me to completely take myself off the tools, to completely hand over full 
management of the practice from A to Z, including onboarding new clients, including pricing prospects to my team. It was a final system. This was the one thing that I was still holding on to. I was still the one responsible for pricing. I was still the one responsible for having uh, sales conversations. I was still the one responsible for deciding what fee to charge in the following year. And it was only an, until, it was only when I got this pricing system installed in my practice that I was able to completely remove myself from running the practice and literally get it to run without me. So it is possible, it can happen. You just need to put the systems in place and get the right people to run those systems to be able to get a practice that runs without you or even even if not completely without you at least reduce the number of hours that you are spending in the practice you know if you're working 40 50 60 hour weeks that can definitely be reduced you can easily run a practice and do the things that you want to do just be involved in the things that you want to be involved in like having those new client conversations like having advisory meetings with your best clients you can still do all of that and maybe you know work 15 to 20 hours a week doing the things that you love instead of working 40, 50, 60 hours a week doing stuff that you don't love because you don't have systems and the right people behind you in order to take those tasks and work away from you. So systems are key, you know that. Pricing system is one. So let's now talk about how, how do we put in place a pricing system? What does our pricing system need to include? Well, we can't go through everything in this short pod. But in summary, and I talk about this in one of the chapters of my book, our pricing system needs to incorporate the internal and the external drivers of price. Okay, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll explain what I mean by those the internal and external drivers of price. But before I do, let's uh, talk about the. So we've talked about why we need to have a pricing system to remove yourself as a bottleneck, to uh, have a system that anybody can use, to reduce the overwhelm, to enable you to give a price live in person, which is absolutely key in order for you to be able to win over a prospect, answer any objections they may have. So where was I? Pricing system, right? Okay, so how do we, the internal and external drivers of price. So when it comes to pricing, you may be doing it currently in a number of ways. You might be giving a fixed fee to a client. I hope you're not charging by the hour. But if you are, you know, <laughs> then we've got a lot more work to do. Go and read my book, chapter one, hopefully dispel all the myths around pricing and charging by the hour. But assuming that you're not doing that and you've moved on and you're charging fixed fees. So maybe you're charging fixed fees for doing everything. But what happens when something changes? What happens when you are, you know, the client suddenly on board, three or four new employees, you're charging them a fixed fee for everything. You don't really have, you don't know how much it's going to cost you to do that extra. You don't have a pricing system, which says that when you go from five employees to 10 employees, the price is going to be an extra 15 pounds a month, 20 pounds a month, or whatever it is. So you can see already the issues by not having a pricing system in place, even though you are having fixed fees. So fixed fees are great in terms of getting you to true pricing value, but they're not great when you're dealing with different types of clients with different scope, different sizes, different requirements, different complexities, different risk. So let's say you have a mixed bag of clients. You have clients ranging from small sole traders to multi-million pound companies. Now, when you, if you don't have a system for pricing those, and maybe you've just priced them based upon gut feel or an average of hours that you thought, and they're paying you a monthly amount, and that was fine, but then things have changed. That company that was doing half a million is now doing two million pounds turnover they've got a lot more issues they are 
on at you and your team all the time. They're, you're doing all their bookkeeping. Transaction levels have gone up. The number of employees have gone up. The questions have gone up. There's a lot more tax questions and issues arising. But you haven't been able to increase the fee. Why? Because you don't know what they should be paying because you don't have a system in place. But imagine now you had a system where you're able to ascertain a different price for a different customer based upon their makeup, their their type of business, the complexities and nuances and issues that are uh, specific to that particular business, how the client wants to work with you. So if a client wants to have meetings with you every single week or every single uh, quarter? How are you giving them different price for someone who is happy not to meet with you and just to deal with you by email and phone call? How would you deal with the client that just wants access to you and is not prepared to deal with a junior or a manager on your team? How do you deal with those clients that we all have that uh, get everything to you at the last minute? That means that you have to have capacity available at the 11th hour in order to process their payroll or their VAT return or their accounts. How do you deal with all these different issues when you don't have a pricing system in place? Difficult, isn't it? So that's why a pricing system is so helpful and so useful in determining uh, and giving us different prices for different customers. Because let's face it, everybody's different. Different people value things differently. And therefore, we need to have different prices for different customers. And also, clients are different. You know, their makeup is different. They're, uh, they're, uh, it's obvious, you know, a sole trader is very different from a, um, a half a million or a million pound company. So how do we give everybody different different prices? A system is the answer. Having a pricing system is the answer. And I went through in the deep dive session in terms of uh, you know how I set up my system, the questions I asked. I gave access to my full pricing system to members that were there because that's the kind of value that um, you get when you join the pack. So if you haven't already, then hint, hint. <laughs> um, but just to give you a flavor in terms of how you set this thing up, let, oh, the, the internal and external drivers. So when if you've read the book, Chapter three, I think it is price or four, pricing the value of systemized approach. We need to capture in our price the internal and external drivers. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is, is that the internal drivers. So we need to capture the scope of a client. We need to capture the complexity of dealing with that client, and we need to capture the risk of dealing with that client. So let's take scope because that's nice and easy. Now, scope is, uh, you know, what makes a job more involved? What makes a job consume more of your internal resources, i.e. time of your team? So what is it? So rather than if you're charging by the hour, still think you're trying to work out hours, use rather than think about hours, you know, what is it about the makeup of that client that causes you to spend so many hours in managing and dealing with and processing their affairs? And then you come up with scope questions that allows you to give different customers, different clients, different prices based upon how consuming they are of your internal resources. So as an example, that could do you know, simple things like you know number of transactions. Where there's more transactions, clearly that's going to take longer to review, to process, etc. That is an example of a scope question. Number of transactions when it comes to bookkeeping. Number of employees on the payroll. That's another uh, obvious scope question when it comes to figuring out you know how long or how involved the payroll is going to take so rather than looking at hours you want to come up with questions that the client would understand and that is also reflective of the consumption of resources internally your end okay so 
clearly a client understand when I've got five employees on the payroll and suddenly when I get ten employees I should be paying more because it's more involved it uh, it, it, it clearly will take you more time to process uh, an, a, a payroll of ten employees than it would to five employees so clients can understand that what they don't like don't understand is oh I should charge you by the hour how long it takes everybody hates that and they're always going to quibble about your hours and your minutes so we want to get away with charging by the hour charge based upon their scope because then they feel that they've got a bespoke price they know exactly what they're going to pay and what they're going to get so number of employees number of transactions number of rental properties when it comes to landlords again don't charge them by the hour charge them fixed for their their makeup in terms of their requirements that what is it about them that causes there to be extra work on your part and again it's not just the processing time so even if so let's say you have bands for number of properties in a uh, in a property company and that's how you come up with the price for a property company we do that uh, so for a property company we use the rather than turnover because turnover is not very uh, reflective of a property company's um, uh, the the resources that get tied up in dealing with a property company it's more to do with the number of properties because that you know more properties more issues more stuff coming into us more queries etc and the landlords and uh, clients understand it that way so so even if it's not going to the the price is not the the consumption of internal resources at your end may not be that much when a client goes from you know five to ten properties but always remember that it's not just the processing time of the work required it's also the the access to you that is the most valuable bit the access is the most valuable so a landlord who has a portfolio of 10 properties the fact that they can call you when they need you that is value the fact that you are their agent with HMRC and that you have to deal with HMRC on their behalf and have to listen to annoying uh, hold music and then be dealing with uh, incompetent the incompetence of the of the revenue um, at times at most times and then have to deal with being passed from pillar to post from one monkey to another monkey you know you're taking away that headache for them and that is value so the more involved or the larger uh, a client uh, uh, is there's going to be more issues that come up that, that need dealing with and therefore they should be charged a higher price so the access to you is valuable the peace of mind you give them the stress you take away by having by handling being their agent with HMRC, that is a value, okay? And you need to charge for that. So that's the, the scope. And just as a byproduct of that, that's why we need to have everybody paying us monthly. That was another key thing as well that I mentioned and going is that we need to charge monthly for access to us. So make sure everybody's on monthly. And the reason is because if a client is on your books, they will feel that they can contact you whenever they need you. Whenever they have a question, whenever an email, they are going to contact you. And if they're on your books, then they will feel they can do that. And if you're not charging them monthly and only charging them at the year end, then you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not getting paid for all the value that you are giving them. And value doesn't necessarily have to be in the hours and minutes that you're spending. Value is in the access to you when I need you. That is huge. Of solving my problem when I need it solved. Of answering my email when I have a question. That is value. So I also will say, give away unlimited email and telephone support. Again, one of the fundamentals. Give that away. Because that is the most valuable aspect of your service. That when a client has a question, they should be able to call you with and uh, feel that you're you're going to be able to respond to them. And if you feel you can't do that, then chances are your prices are too low. What would your prices need to be? What would your minimum monthly fee? And if you don't have a minimum, you need to put in place a minimum monthly fee. What does that need to be? 
across the board for your client for you to be comfortable giving complete access to your clients to you or your team when they need you and remember your clients are going to be calling you every minute of the day and if they are then probably you've got the wrong client or you've got the wrong price for that client because those more needy clients then you have a pricing system to be able to uh, you know uh, give them options around their their makeup and if they are a, you know a larger and there there is a reason for all those queries then that sh you should be compensated for that in your monthly price but there should not be you know I, I don't believe in the whole oh yeah you have access to to me for 15 minutes and after that I'll charge you by the hour no the mo if you call yourself the trusted advisor then you need to be there because you can't call yourself a trusted advisor and then put your clients off calling you because you're going to raise an invoice for every minute or hour that you spend with them that's not that's not the definition and that's not what a trusted advisor does a trusted advisor is there for their clients okay so that's why we need to have a minimum monthly fee include unlimited email and telephone support but come up with a pricing system that enables you to do that and but where, where clients will see value in that because they will see value and be able to access you if clients don't see value in that they're probably the wrong clients so that's the first aspect scope the second aspect is complexity the more complex a client the higher the fee should be so we need to have questions in place that enable us to extract where is the complexity of dealing with this client that, that causes again for us to be more involved for us to add additional uh, resources onto it, review processes, or what is it that we do because we are specialists in this area that other accountants may not be able to do because that generates, that's additional value for a client. If you're able to deal with something more complex that another accountant can't because you're a specialist in that area, that is value for a client and you should build that in. So a very simple example, which you know we all do, and this is just, uh, I'd say, let's say VAT returns. A standard rated VAT return is much easier than doing one which has mixed supplies, for example, or that has uh, partial exemption involved, or where there's uh, a margin scheme involved. So anywhere where there is an element of uh, complexity, build that in into a pricing, have questions. So we have those questions when it comes to uh, building up the price for a VAT return. It's a case of are all your supplies standard rated if they are, then it's easy. If it's if there's mixed supplies, then not. Uh, there's a bit extra added. If they're part of a margin scheme, a particular VAT scheme, then there's additional uh, multiples added to the price as well. So that's dealing with complexity. Moving on to risk. The more riskier a client, the more they should pay. So, for example, risk when it comes to simple one is being turnover. Now, you might not know when pricing software has a a question for turnover, and your question your clients challenge you and say, "Why should I pay more just because my Why should I pay you more just because my turnover has gone up?" Well, the reason is is because in our experience, when clients grow when they scale there's more issues you know there's more questions being asked and because we don't charge by the hour and we give you a fixed fee we need to have a mechanism for changing that as uh, as our client scale so in our experience the bigger the client there's uh, bigger issues there's more questions to deal with there's additional problems and the risk of something going wrong is much greater as well because if we're dealing with your affairs and you're much larger and something goes wrong in terms of uh, a tax claim a tax relief claim not uh, um, not being done correctly or a VAT return uh, issue then the penalties will be greater because of the numbers that penalty is always based on a percentage of the VAT payable or the corporation tax payable etc so again communicate it in those frames that uh, this is the reason why it's high because there's additional risk on our part and we are therefore um, 
uh, carrying that risk for you and therefore the price is increased as a result of increased risk on our part. Another example of risk is where you are having to report to a regulatory body. So if the management accounts that you are being asked to prepare have to go to a third party, for example the FCA here, the Financial Conduct Authority or another regulator like the CAA, Civil Aviation Authority for uh, companies in the travel business, if the figures that you are producing or are they going to third party stakeholders of VC backed companies, seed funded companies, then there is increased risk on your part on those figures and therefore clients should pay more because you are, are taking on board that risk for them. So can you see how by having questions and having a system that enables you to ask these questions of your prospect to properly capture the requirements when it comes to the internal drivers of price, when it comes to scope, complexity, risk, that you can charge a higher price based upon all these drivers of price. So you are getting paid a share of the value that you are delivering. It's fair for you, fair for the client. On the other hand, so now dealing with the external drivers, I've got a few minutes before uh, arriving at my daughter's school for pickup, um, so hopefully we'll get through these very quickly. The other side is the external drivers. Now this is to do with getting higher prices from clients who value who value uh, access to you so there's three things that uh, there's access there's uh, expertise and there's uh, and there's one other which I forgot but have a look at my book <laughs> so um, um, so what I mean by that is different people value things differently so for a client for example that uh, wants access to you and wants to deal with you and has to be you know wants to email you only then they should pay a higher price they should pay a higher price for that. So we have built that in into our system as well. For a client, uh, oh, in terms of their behavior as well. So this is where it comes to client behaviors. And this is one of the pet peeves for many accountants is, you know, clients never giving us information on time. You know, with the pitter clients that give us information at the last minute to run payroll or to run VAT or to do the tax return. Well, the way that you get around that, the way that you... Uh, put in place uh, a system that enables you to get a higher fee for those pain in the rear clients that you are having to spend a lot of time chasing and have resources available when they finally give you the information to turn around things at the last minute is by, is by taking a share of that in your pricing. So when you have questions in your pricing model, so for example for VAT, one of the questions we have is, when will you get us the information by for your VAT return? And then there's options around, you know, by the 28th, uh, by the 14th of the month, sorry, you know, following the end of the back quarter, by the uh, 21st of the month or after the 28th. And clearly, it, you know, they, you know, some clients know that they have until the 7th of the uh, following month to file the return. So if they get it to us after the 28th, there's a big premium added. Now there's some clients who would value it. They don't, you know, they want they want to be able to have that flexibility. And if you're prepared to offer it, then they will pay. You know, they need to pay a higher price for it, and they'll understand that. And if they don't want to pay a higher price when you're going through it, say, well, fine, that's fine. If you uh, if you get us the information by the 28th of the month, then you won't have to pay a premium. So this is a way that you can differentiate uh, clients and you can reward your good clients, the well-behaved clients that do get you things on time and not penalize, but essentially you're saying to those clients that get you things at the last minute, well, it's higher because we have to make sure that we have reserved capacity and have resources available in terms of our team to be able to turn around things at the last minute because you want the ability to to, to give us things at the last minute. So that is why there is a higher price for that. 
I have just come up to a van who uh, wants to, there is no way of me getting past him. So I don't know what we're going to do here. Uh, oh yeah, he's gone, in, he's gone inside. That's good. Um, so, uh, one second. So that's where we are. So we were in the preferences. These are client preferences. So if clients want us to do things at the last minute, then there should be a premium attached to that. So we covered, so this is on the client side, right? If they want greater access, they want to, in terms of their behavior, client behavior, and how they want to, when they want to give things to us, there should be a higher price for those that leave things to the last minute and a reward for those that don't. And the last one, oh, of course, it was expertise. So where there is an additional level of expertise involved that uh, clients will need, and then that should result in a higher price as well. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, if you have to, if, if it's a, only a, something that you or a senior person in your team can do, then uh, again, that is extra, um, that extra value in the client's part, and that should be incorporated within your pricing model in order for them to pay a price for the extra value that they are getting. So hopefully that's been useful. I must pen off now, having arrived at my daughter's school. But uh, yeah, uh, the, the idea here is to take on board everything that you have listened to and check out the chapter four of my book if you want to read more about this, to be able to come up with your own questions to import into your pricing system, whether it's a price list, whether it's a spreadsheet, whether it is a pricing software like Go Proposal, Effective Pricing, or something. And if you want access to my full pricing system and a copy of the deep dive training session that I delivered, as well as uh, assistance on how you put it all together, you know what to do. Come join the pack. Okay, have a great uh, rest of the day and weekend, and I'll catch up with you very soon. Take care and bye for now. Thank you for listening. If you want to spend more time together, get access to me personally for your questions, access to resources and training that will help you to shortcut your progress together with being part of an incredible community of accountants or helping each other, then come and join the pack, the Profitable Accountants Community. There's a hundred plus accountants that I mentor and they help each other to get results faster than trying to do it alone. Go to reshooter.com forward slash mentoring to learn more or message me directly on LinkedIn. Take care.